So this is the first episode of our new show, Posecast. We are premiering it here on our regular channel. But if you want to hear future episodes, you should go to tinyurl.com forward slash Posecast. Or subscribe on iTunes. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, go there and then subscribe on iTunes. Gotcha. (laughs) And that link will also be in the description so you can listen to this episode and then go there afterwards. Have fun. I'm excited. Me too. It's a new season. It's a new podcast. We have a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's a new decade. True. (laughs) It went from the 80s to the 90s. Well, if you don't listen to one more thing, which I can't imagine you don't. My name is Robert. My name is Jay. And, you know, we just love Ryan Murphy so much that we decided to talk about him more than we usually do. Yeah, we decided to devote half an hour a week to just talking about his current show. Yeah, which is Pose, which is in its second season. And if you haven't seen the first season, go watch it before listening to this. Yeah. Before we start, I guess it's time to talk about the elephant in the room. Drum roll, please. (laughs) This is fun because our regular listeners on One More Thing haven't heard this yet. If you know who we are, which you probably do if you're listening to this. Probably. You're probably thinking, oh, great. It's like a show about Pose hosted by two cis white people. But the big announcement is drum roll please (laughs) very gentle quiet drum roll i don't identify as cis we'll get more into what that means in a later episode of our season that's coming up so keep listening (laughs) but basically i'm not sure where on the spectrum of gender i identify but it's definitely not as like a cis woman. And that's not, I'm not just saying this so that I can host a podcast about those. <laughs> it's also just true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a couple days ago I was like, you know what? I should probably rewatch the final episode of season one because it's been a year <laughs> right. since, since this like six episode television show aired. And I watched it and realized that I forgot so much. To the point where I opened Netflix and it, the, the last episode is called Mother of the Year. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mother of the Year competition. Yeah. I'm going to b- breeze through it real quick. And then we can get into the new episode. So last season, it started with Electra being homeless because her and Christopher right. Miliani broke up. And she was back in the peep show, Times Square room. And Blanca came and got her, was like, come join my house. Like, we accept everybody. And Electra was like, okay. And she kicked ricky and damon Damon. (laughs) this season i'm gonna get all their character names (laughs) i was actually focused on this during the episode i was like right angel (laughs) damon got his scholarship for the for his next year of dance him and ricky decided to go audition for like this music video and like also a tour and questionable as to when the tour was going to happen but it was going to interfere with his school so it was like they were nervous blanca sets Billy Porter's character, Praytel, which I did not know was his name <laughs> until yeah. I started writing all of this, <laughs> that he should, like, start dating again. Blanca set him up with, like, this hot bartender who's MIA in 1990, I guess? No, he's the one who dies at the beginning. Oh, I thought that that was Billy's ex. It's bi- No, it's the guy who Billy meets at the end of the sh- 
season. What? Oh God. Okay. Which I only, which I literally only know because I remember his name was Keenan, and I'm looking at your notes, and it says that he gets set up with Keenan. Well, that changes my perspective on the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Blanca gets Electra that hosting job at Indochine, right. which is great, and also across the street from where we were used to slash still do work. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. Blanca has like recently found out that she's HIV positive and tells Angel and they have the really sweet scene where she's like, when I die, I want you to like take over the house. So like you need to start like shaping up and like figuring your life out. Who's Patty? Patty was um, Kate Mara. Right. Patty has a great scene where she's like, I'm going to be my own woman, but like I want you to be here for the kids and then I'm out. Or she gives him that ultimatum where she's like, quit your job or like kids. We actually heard from or I heard from a lot of listeners before last night's episode that were like, I hope that Evan Peters is not in the new season. Me too. And when I started thinking about it, I was like, his character's kind of over. Yeah. And the only reason I got sad about it is I was like, fuck, there's no more Kate Mara. I know. <laughs> but it's nice to know that she's like on a trajectory to becoming her own woman, yeah. I guess. Because that's really the last we see of her. Yeah. The New York City Department of Health closes the bathhouses, which I completely didn't even realize the first time I watched the episode. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, Billy Porter, uh, sorry, pray tell, just like <laughs> drops it in the middle. He's like, oh, like I'm, uh, it's sad that like all the bathhouses have been closed by the New York City Department of Health, but it brought you all here tonight. So like, let's party. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Ferocity, the house that Electra left mm-hmm. is like struggling the whole episode and like gets laughed off the dance floor. Electra challenges Ferocity and they win by like a point. Blah, blah, blah. Mother of the Year goes to Blanca. And then the entire season ends with all of them at dinner Going out together. to dinner, right. And, like, the dance teacher is there. And just, like, ev- like all of the whole cast is, like, essentially there. Yeah. Besides Except, the main ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is Candy and... Lulu. Lulu and Kate Mara. <laughs> and right. Sam. And that was, what, 1980-something? Six, I think. Somewhere around there. And now we're taking this huge jump... To 1990, which we knew going in. So we get into the first episode of the season, which is called Acting Up. And it was directed by Gwyneth Horter Payton, who also did Mother of the Year last year and The Fever last year. Mm-hmm. But then has also worked on Feud, American Crime Story, American Horror Story, and 911. Ooh, Ryan <laughs> and, Murphy elite. But it was written by three men. Oh, interesting. It was written by Ryan Brad Falchuk and... Stephen Canals? Yeah, they're the creators. Oh, great. Um, And no one else. My first thought off the bat, and it is in the script, is that it was a Titanic opening because they're <laughs> on the end of the boat. And I was like, where the fuck are they going? And it was I thought it was really strong to open a season on something that we have, like... Never heard about. Yeah. And speaking of never heard about, the whole first scene takes place at this, like, grave site. Yeah. That I did not know Me about. Me neither. And thought was very upsetting. Yeah. The two things I had to say about the opening were that, one, I thought it was the most Ryan Murphy cinematography we've seen so far from the show. The shot of the camera in, I guess, the trench overlooking, like, the boxes, and then the two of them standing on the in the background. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's funny that Ryan Murphy can have nothing really to do with an episode creatively, and yet... <laughs> and yet still... Just plagiarize a shot from American Horror Story. Yep. (laughs) And then the other thing that I thought was like, it was super interesting because I feel like probably a lot of people have started watching Pose Mm -hmm. since season one and are like coming back to it being like, yay, it's such a like fun, delightful show. 
And then season two is like, guess what? <laughs> it's actually super hard to be queer that, and black. That's something I wanted to talk about because I think it's interesting that there's like a tonal shift. And not that the first season wasn't a drama because it's, right. it was. But I feel like so much of the first season was like, this is so fun. And like, look at all these people doing things that they love and how like fierce they are. And yes, there were like a lot of dramatic moments content wise. But even at the end of the season, it was like a high note for a lot of the characters. And then to immediately start with just like everyone's dead and like everyone's crying and everything's awful. I was like, oh, fuck, is this season going to be like sad, sad or what? Because I we haven't really seen this from Ryan Murphy since The Normal Heart. The Normal Heart was like sad. (laughs) We haven't really seen his other shows do this before, so I'm curious. Also, the whole the, the I feel like the show does something really interesting with the writing, where they like throw in definitions of things casually Definitely. into conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when they were walking along the shore, which I don't know how they got there, but like they were walking along the shore of like the site on the they, boat. No, and they walk up to the rock place. Yeah, is that back in? No, that's Canada? on the same island. Or, oh, okay. And they go to the rock thing and Billy has that line of just like, oh, this is what all of this is. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, well, this is just beating me over the head with it. I was like, oh, this is sad. And then we go to the hospital, which is just more sad. Yeah. Blanca and nurse Judy played by... Um, Sandra... B- um, I want to say Bernhardt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who was only in one or two episodes last season. I think she was like only in one. And this season looks like she's gonna. Seems be... She's a main character. <laughs> I can believe. I bet she wrote into Ryan Murphy and was like, "I want an Emmy." Yeah, <laughs> and it's working. She's the only white character so far this season. Oh wow! I wonder. I mean, it's if been that one episode, thing. but <laughs> yeah, but no, she was the only white character in the whole episode, really. Well, there was like the receptionist, not the receptionist, like desk woman on the island at the beginning who was like, "Infants are over that way." You know, Isn't she black. I thought she was white. I can't remember. We don't see color. (laughs) (laughs) I loved how casual the scene was because the scene was her telling Blanca that her T-cells have dropped too low and that she now officially has like HIV and AIDS. And one of my favorite things that's also very Ryan Murphy is when she told her it wasn't on her. The camera was just on Blanca the whole time. I was like, this is nice. I also thought my favorite moment of the episode was when... Blanca got told that she has AIDS and she could hear the seagulls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the island, I get it. It was... And I teared oh, up. Oh, interesting. I never thought... I didn't yeah. think of that. I she took was thinking it as, about being buried on the island. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> I took it as like... I feel like sometimes when you're told news like that, not that I ever have, but like when you're told really intense news, you start to focus on like anything else. Yeah. And so she like zoomed in on those. But that is nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I liked how casual it was. Like Sandra was just like, or Nurse Judy was just like, this is how it goes. It was almost like she was doing all of the work for Blanca. And then it goes into that like Angels in America-esque Madison sequence, which I thought was interesting because I've only ever heard about that from Angels in America. Oh yeah, that was a big thing in the 80s and 90s. Huh. I feel like with this and American Crime Story... Ryan Murphy does a great job of taking huge historical things and plugging them into one character. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Like the, the scene where you actually see it happen. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. 
coming from two people that did not live through the 80s. <laughs> right, but I I thought it was really cool, just sort of taking a macro look at this episode, how they really, they seem to be dealing with a lot of history mm-hmm. this season, whereas last season was mostly just like story, and this season is incorporating history a lot more, like with the drug trials and with ACT UP and the die-ins, like things that actually happened plugging in the characters to Mm -hmm. those things, I think is really cool because there's so much of that that people don't know about and people aren't like, that's not something you learn about in history classes. I mean, at least I didn't. And so I think it's really cool that Ryan Murphy is sort of like exposing that to a big audience. Expose. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I feel like Ryan walks a very close line of being like, like here's act up but i'm not going to show you anybody that you know from act up it's like my characters inside of that yeah where like when they show the vogue video or not the vogue video but when they talk about vogue i was like oh it could have been very easy for him to be like damon is one of the dancers in the vogue video and that's like what ties it all together but then he actively doesn't do that yeah yeah i'm excited (laughs) the category is vogue realness which okay i didn't realize that song was like as big as it was oh yeah like Yes, I know all the words to it, and it came out so long ago, and you can hear it on the radio today, but, like, I guess I never realized how explosive it was in, like, the LGBT community for that to happen. And, like, spoiler alert, but they don't, they don't end up getting famous (laughs) from it. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire episode, and when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, is this gonna be something that comes in later that just, like, I can't believe they were being introduced to the idea of, um... Oh, what's the word when you take credit for, like, another culture's thing? Appropriation. Yes. For, like, LGBT appropriation as, like, a new concept in 1990. Especially in Pride Month right now, like, looking back on that. I was like, this is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then we cut really quick to Angel at the Piers, which was only seen once this season, or that episode. And big laugh from me when the window rolled down. And And Wonka was was like, hey! (laughs) And then we get introduced to the modeling contest, which seems like it's going to be a big thing this season for Angel. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be Angel's main storyline is like becoming a model. And I think Angel's my favorite character. Poppy's still my favorite character. (laughs) All right. He is a lot better this season. Yeah. I I, I have something to say about him later. And then we go back to Sad and we go to the memorial service, uh, which, oh, Something I wanted to say about the memorial service, which was Nurse Judy and Pray Tell, they were sitting there and they were like cracking jokes the whole time about like the guy in the corner that was like trying to like hit on people. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the makeup and stuff. And I was like, oh, I feel like only Ryan Murphy can take something as serious as like an AIDS related death memorial service and like crack jokes at it and it still be emotionally driven and very sad. Yeah. And then that takes us to the ACT UP meeting right. where we see three lesbians. <laughs> I know. The reveal that Nurse Judy is a lesbian was huge. <laughs> <laughs> I had kind of assumed it last season. Me but, too. But they could have pushed the envelope a little harder. So I was kind of like, eh, maybe they're never really going to go into it. And then we meet her girlfriend. When her girlfriend was black, I was like, whoa, Nurse Judy's got it all going on. <laughs> <laughs> Who David says could be a young Wanda Sykes. Who is David? Oh, David! <laughs> oh, gosh. We have to introduce you to David. I keep forgetting that this episode comes up before season four. So David is our new production assistant. He's been helping us out a lot. Hi, David. Hi, David. <laughs> and and you'll hear more about him in season four, I'm sure. 
But yeah, something I thought that was really cool was that there's like a whole ignored history when it comes to the history of the the AIDS crisis, which is that like lesbians were really in the trenches for gay men. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was cool that they are including that this season. I didn't really know a lot of like the lesbian history with HIV and AIDS until I watched that mini series starring Mary Louise Parker. When we rise. Yes. (laughs) There's a big episode about that where like the gay men were trying to get lesbians to vote for Harvey Milk. And there was like a big pushback. And then the, you go into the AIDS epidemic and there was a lot of that stuff. Not to talk about that show, but I feel like it would have been very easy for Ryan to put a gay man at the head of the ACT UP meeting and then actively chose to not do that. And I thought that that was a big step in the right direction for Ryan Murphy. I couldn't agree more. I thought it was interesting that it was a white woman, but I was into it. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's where we get introduced to the Diane. Right. Which, as soon as they said that, I almost had an eye roll moment because it had already been so AIDS heavy so far that I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get, like, Blanca's going to have, get get diagnosed with AIDS. We're going to have a memorial service and we're going to have an ACT UP meeting. And then we're also going to have a die-in all in the premiere episode of season two. But at the same time, I was like, I've never seen a die-in in a fictional story. Mm -hmm. So I was very interested. I think also, just to step into the writer's shoes, I feel like maybe the reason that they did all of it at once in the first episode was to sort of be like, that's what life was like. Mm -hmm. And like, you couldn't escape it. Even if, like, no matter where you turned or like what you were doing, it was like everything always came back to like AIDS-related deaths. Oh. Like, that's that's how I took it. Yeah. Do you think that this is going to be something that the whole of season two is going to be about? I think so. Or do you so. think that they're just hitting us with it now? I think the whole season's going to be about it. I'm ve- I'm very curious. Because I feel like that could either change the whole show or like maybe they're doing something where it's like season one is more about like establishing the characters. Season two is about the AIDS epidemic and then season three will be about something else. So, yeah. Um, so then we get to the modeling competition which I thought was a really smart way to write a plot. And I feel awful saying this because I am cis and white, but like a a plot about passing Mm -hmm. without ever really talking about it. Then we go to Friday family dinner, which was something that was introduced in season one. Electra says that she's not doing the die-in. Ricky is coming back next week, which I'm very excited about. I'm very happy for you. (laughs) And, And the most important thing is that there's a pan over to this corner filled with trophies. Yeah, okay. So, I don't want to, like, get conspiracy theory about it, but, like, has it ever been clearer that the people who work on Pose listen to our show? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for those of you who are just tuning into into Posecast, all of season one we covered in one last thing in our, not real podcast, but our main podcast um, on Fridays. And one of the things we talked about all the time is they kept winning tens and tens of trophies a night, and like they never showed up again. Yeah. There were never any trophies anywhere. And, so we were and like, every week we would be them? like, show us where the trophies are. And they did. They, they did it. Really delivered on this. <laughs> now, was it as many trophies as I think that they have? No. Was it a solid amount of trophies? Yes. Yes. Was it enough to make me satisfied? Yes. Yeah. There were a lot of little ones, but, yeah. but I'll take it. Still no clue where they come from, which maybe we'll find out in season three. 
who the like trophy maker is. Well, hey, if they're really listening to our show, they will put that in at some point this season. Reimer, if you please cast us as the trophy maker. Oh my god, <laughs> our cameo. I would love a full like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern spinoff where we just are the people <laughs> that are like taking the trophies from the trophy maker to the Stealing ballroom. Stealing trophies. And we have a whole show just about that. <laughs> That's like a 20 minute after show. Anyway, <laughs> Blanca quits her job. Which I feel like is going to be her plot line this season. Yeah. It's like starting her own salon. And then we get to the die-in. Which I thought was brilliantly filmed. Me too. Especially with the like filming of the like 90s camera on it. Ugh, yeah. I loved that. Which I feel like is something that Ryan Murphy, and when I say Ryan Murphy, I mean like Ryan Murphy Productions. The team. Perfected with American Crime Story, with like filming the car chase in OJ and a lot of the stuff in Versace. I feel like they like figured it out. And it really paid off here. But my favorite shot was the camera going down the aisle and people walking towards yeah. the camera and then just laying down and then revealing that there are more people coming. Because when they walked into the sanctuary for the die-in, it was just a few of them. And yeah. I was like, oh, is is this is this why they wanted everybody there? And then when everybody stood up in the congregation... And it was revealed that it was like a thousand people. Yeah. Which, like, just for recap's sake, apparently there's this, like, priest who's like spreading that the only way to stay a negative it's the is whole catholic abstinence. church yeah and i was re- waiting for a reveal of who's going to play the priest and it was someone not famous yep not at all <laughs> oh and then we get to the photo shoot which how beautiful was she she was so beautiful it was astounding have you seen her calvin klein ad yes. on bleecker street <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it on bleecker street but i've seen the calvin klein yeah. ads of her I also feel like, okay, don't kill me, but I feel like Ryan Murphy did something with Pose in this episode that he did with Glee, Mm -hmm. which is he starts to take aspects of the actor's real life and plug them into the storyline because India Moore is a model who is emerging and she just was on the, she was like the first trans cover of like, I think L. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm excited to, like, I feel like he was like, oh, I wonder what it was like for a model, like a trans model in the late 80s, early 90s. And so I'm interested to see the parallel between, (laughs) (laughs) like, India as a model in 2019 versus Angel as a model in 1990. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the camera happens. Right. Which... Which I knew right away was going to happen. Yeah. As soon as he was like... How many looks do you want? I was like, oh, he's going to shoot her naked and it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. It was very fame, though. Something I wish that they would have made clearer going into that scene, though, is that at the beginning of the scene, he's like, I recognize you from the peers. I know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And I loved the persona drop that she had where she like was a, well, like she was a model and then she slumped back and she was like, what do you want? Yeah. But I wish that there was a clear distinction from the get go that the modeling woman was not necessarily connected with him. Because at first I was like, did she send her to him because of this? Oh, I see what you mean. And then eventually I was like, oh, okay, no, it's just like a photographer. And like, he's just an asshole. Congrats on you to when they go back and beat him up and Poppy like, Thank you. I was so proud of Poppy. (laughs) He did such a good job. What really got me was the the transition out of that scene where they're like, okay, cool. We got our pictures. Bye. And then he just like punches him in the face into the camera. God. <laughs> I also loved in that bit where it was like, it went so fast from like, okay, what do we have to do? What's his address? And then immediately they're there and beating him up. Yep. Um, and in between that, we have the 
a new category, which is French Revolution, which I got a big laugh from me. Yeah, that got a big laugh from me too. <laughs> and what? Okay, here's my question. Electra's whole thing with like the carousel and the guillotine yeah. and like all that. Awesome. And I get like her whole plot through the episode was like, where is this money coming from? But like, where is this money coming from? <laughs> because I feel like every week they're pulling out all of these tricks that are somehow like bigger and better than everybody else. Yeah. And I know that like Praytel is like low-key helping them and then also giving them the awards. So like, right. I guess it is a little bit rigged. <laughs> yeah. I was um, thinking that this week because I was like, every week Praytel is like bashing everyone yeah. and then really nice to Evangelista, which is literally his house. <laughs> when Candy and Lulu came up and they were like Jean Valjean and, yeah. and like somebody else with a baguette, I was like, this isn't bad. Yeah. I'm not against it. And he was like he was not like, into fuck it. this. Um, and then it goes into Pretel's monologue about why he was mad that Electra was not at the Diane. Right. Billy Porter deserves an Emmy, first of all. I feel like they were like, oh, he didn't win last season? We'll make sure he wins this season. <laughs> we'll give him an Emmy clip in episode one. <laughs> Which, get ready for this, poses my question. Why didn't she go? <laughs> I'm so confused on it. Because she doesn't... She had the line where she was like, I won't be posing for a mugshot. <laughs> um, and I was like, I get it. And I get that like nervousness. Because if, if you came to me and was like, I'm going to this protest that like we will most likely get arrested during, I'd be like... I mean, I'd probably end up going, but like my initial reaction would be, I'm nervous. But I think she feels disconnected from like the AIDS activism movement. And I think she feels like she's not part of it and doesn't want to be part of it. Do you Because she doesn't have, she's not HIV positive. She doesn't have AIDS. And she's so selfish, Mm -hmm. I think, is how they're setting her up. Like she's so selfish that she doesn't want to help other people. She just is like looking out for herself. Which I like because I feel like everybody else right now in the in the first episode kind of represents a group of people or a part of history. And she's kind of one of the few that like has a character that's separate from that. And so I guess that's yeah. just like it that itself displaying itself in the writing. Yeah. But I, even at the, not to jump to the end, but like at the end, I was like waiting when she walks into the like apartment that's like really or the apartment building that's really nice. I was like, oh, is she with someone else now? Like, what, That's like, what I thought, too. Where is the money coming from? Because, like, I get she's a hostess, but, like, still. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I also think that she's my second favorite character <laughs> because Me she's too. so different from everybody else. Anyway. Oh, and then she joins the other house, which I'm glad that she was in Blanca's house for, I guess, two episodes now. <laughs> yeah, that kind of annoyed me because I was like... It's something that we saw a lot on Glee, where like huge changes would happen episodes apart from each other. Yeah. I felt like we were past it with Glee, but maybe because the episodes are, or the seasons are so short, they're just really trying to get to what they're trying to get to. They have to to. pack everything in. But we never really, I feel like I never really got the satisfaction of seeing her with and doing things with Blanca's house. I never really got a sense of why they allowed her to stay. Yeah. Because she was never, like, helpful. She was never friends with them. Yeah, which Blanca was even, like, oh, at the beginning of the episode, she was, like, oh, I help with the rent all the time. And then at the end of the episode, Blanca was, like, you have you missed the, the pet, like, yeah. So I... And especially, I mean, it's a four-year jump. So she's been there for four years. Oh, yeah. And so, like, what was she doing? Are you telling me that corner of the dining room is four years worth of them winning trophies with Electra? Maybe they have a trophy room. And that corner was just the season. Oh, maybe. 
maybe you have to give all of the all of your trophies back oh at, at the point. end of the year yeah maybe that would be if I was running the ballroom. I'd be that would be my like yeah financial. And then they have thing. like a storage of trophies. Okay, so then we get back to the ballroom, and Braytel tells the history of the word Vogue. Yeah, which I did not know that Vogue dance came literally came from, came from Vogue, Vogue magazine. the magazine. Yeah. I thought it was the reverse. Oh no no! And so when he explained that, I was like, "What does Vogue have to say about this?" Like Vogue magazine. <laughs> Which I, and then I was like, oh, this makes sense with the font of the word pose in like the ads and stuff like that. And it all started to piece together. And I was like, wow, you learn something every day. (laughs) (laughs) That really was kind of it. And then it cuts to the silence equals death ending. Yes. Which I loved, obviously. I loved it and I hated it. I loved it because I thought that it was a great way to end an episode that like had so much to do with that. But I hated it because it kind of made me feel like that's it. Like it, it like, yeah, this it was, was a an episode bit like... about that and now we're going to do something else. And so I was like, okay, like you're, I either need you to go full throttle with it and do it the whole season or not. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's just that that was the only time that we'll see act up on screen. Maybe. Or what? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm interested because I feel like that happens a lot in Get Ready For It, The Crown, where an episode will end God. and then there will be a thing at the end that's like. And here's everything that happened with that plot line. And now we're going to move on to something else next episode. Yeah. So I'm, I'm withholding my judgment a little what bit. What I liked about it, the reason I liked it was because I think maybe for a lot of people who watch Pose, and I've talked about this before, how there's like a certain audience member that I always think of when I'm watching Pose who like has no idea about any of this and just like was like, oh, a new Ryan Murphy show. Let's see. And then it's like, totally being introduced to this world for the first time. Okay, yeah. And, like, for that audience member, I thought the silence equals death, and then the fact that they attributed it to ACT UP gives that audience member, like, oh, this is a real thing. ACT UP actually exists. ACT UP still exists. Like, ACT UP was a real thing and not just an invention for this show. And, like, this activism was actually part of history. And also, like, that that message, silence equals death, is still so important. And, again, for that audience member, is sort of, like, maybe opening their eyes to something. One thing that I want to add, and just, like, promote my naivete towards the entire AIDS epidemic, is that it, the, for some reason, the speech that the, like, leader of the group that they were at gave opened my eyes to a part like you you know when like you look at something and you're like I know exactly what that is and then something makes you see it in a completely different light and you're like oh I now like actually understand there was something about what she said that made me go oh like think about something that I obviously know which was that no one was fighting for right the LGBT community and all of this there was something that she said that made me go like oh this is what this is all they had was, right. like, all of these people in this room. And, like, obviously more people in other rooms. But, like, that this is everybody that was fighting for something that they truly didn't know anything about at that time. And I sat back and was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, your feelings about that at the end of the episode. So then we go to commercial break and it comes back with a preview for next preview week. Preview for next week with... 
Miss Patty Lupone. Which a strong I strong marketing technique to not put her in anything yeah. but the preview. Yeah. I th- at first when they showed a glimpse of her, I was like, cool, she's gonna be in one episode, but I'm starting to think that she's in she more. She might be a regular. If she's just like the landlord of the nail salon that Blanca's trying to open. That would be perfect and incredible. Also, especially <laughs> if like she and Sandra Bernhardt are the only white people on this season. Like, last season it was Evan Peters and Kate Mara. This season it's Patty Lapone and Sandra Bernhardt. Like, that just makes sense. Oh, wait. Wasn't Christina Ebersole in last season? <gasps> right. She had, like, one shot and as, like, she someone's mom. She was in one mom. scene. She was Kate Mara's mom. Yes. So what if they meet up? They meet up and it's Warpaint. I would... And they're at a nail salon. I would love this. Well, war paint was not about nails. No, but like, there's that... Like, what if she paints her nails pink? Oh, okay, sure. Patty Lapone, the landlord of the building, painting Christine Ebersole's nails yeah. pink. I feel like to have both of those people attached to a show, it would be a mistake to not put them in the same scene. Yeah. Me, the white person, the white gay guy, just trying to get two white <laughs> trying women. Trying to get two white women. <laughs> on screen like, together. like, put aside all the black and brown people. <laughs> I want to see these two old white women <laughs> together. Okay, was Matt Boomer in that? Was he? There was a flash of, like, a white chiseled guy with, with like, dark hair. And I was like, is that the cast of Boys in the Band? <laughs> um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Matt Boomer was trying to correct... What he did oh, with um, that, like, I'm like a trans woman movie. Every day or whatever. Yeah. By being in pose as a cis man. <laughs> yeah, and being like, look, I can do it. Yeah, because something we're going to talk about on One More Thing, I think, is he recently apologized for making that movie. Right. In hopes that people don't hate him when Boys in the Bears exactly. comes out. <laughs> um, he tried to uncancel himself. Yeah, which uh, I have feelings about. Well, we'll get to that on One More Thing. Um, and then at the very end, you have that poppy moment. Poppy and Angel. Yeah. When, um, who was it? Was it Damon or Blanca? Or Damon. someone's like, Damon, Damon goes, like, I'm team Poppy. And I was like, me too! Which, I, I, in that moment, I was like, have they been slowly setting up this romance the entire time? I think they have, yeah. And I would believe it, and I, I think I'm for it. I'm 100% for it. I think it's a really sweet coupling. Yeah, especially uh, when Angel says the thing about the photographer in the hallway and Poppy like throws his coat against the and, wall. And like walks away. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, also, we follow the guy that plays Poppy on Instagram and he posted an Insta story right after the episode ended and he's shirtless and then he puts on a shirt that says Pose. And I was like, he can get it, I think. You know who he is getting it from? Who? Janet Mock. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Is this confirmed? Yeah, she, Janet Mock, posted on Instagram. She what? Pose. <laughs> tit on Instagram. <laughs> this picture. Mm-hmm. I remember that. The caption is, my man took this, and he's tagged in it. Whoa. And then he posted this picture of them with the caption, date night. I can't believe I know. that you picked him out in season one and now he's dating your crush. <laughs> I know. Something we're going to do every episode of Posecast is we're going to count up how many trophies we're given. Yeah. And this episode, there were two full trophies and one broken trophy. <laughs> so I'm going to say 2.5. 2.5. And how many, and we're going to rate every episode on a scale of one trophy to five trophies. <laughs> I give this four. Me too. I feel like if it was that much more fun... I would have given it a five because I feel like it was so much sad that I never got the like 
release of, oh, the show is, like, cool and fun. Yeah. But it was a great episode. Yeah. And I also think it's a good standalone episode. Oh, for sure. It's one that you could watch out of context. Oh, wow. You could show this in, like, a class about anything that they talk about, really. And it wouldn't be boring. Yeah. Hmm. And then what are your hopes for next week? I hope, well, Ricky comes back. Yeah. But it looks sad. It lo- I think that Ricky's been, like, fucking someone else on I tour, think so, too. And that's going to tear me apart. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, everybody? It was me. <laughs> I was the person. Yeah, Ricky's going to tear you apart. <laughs> that's really what I'm looking forward to most, is, like, Ricky, Ricky tearing me apart? Because Damon wasn't really in this episode. Well, oh, it was revealed that he, that Blanca got him the job teaching at the YMCA. Right voguing to all of these like people that want to learn how to vogue and then they have a whole performance i think which i'm hoping it's a bunch of little kids well it's like damon a bunch of five-year-olds that's, voguing. that was something that i'm i have a question about dear writers there was never a connection between the vogue performance that happened at the end while billy was telling the history of vogue and we never saw damon at the class so my question is, was the group of people that were all voguing with damon was that his class no i don't think so because that was like two days later Oh, okay. I took it as, like, he was, like, teaching him this whole time, and then they showed up and did, like, a performance. No, I think it was, like, the same week. Hmm. And that was just, like, so maybe other next people week, at the ballroom. Wouldn't it be crazy if Damon walks into the Y then next week, and it's just all white gays? That would be so funny. It's like Madonna. <laughs> I would love if Madonna shows up. Like I think Madonna play. should guest star on this show. Diana Agron as Madonna. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> We'll see you all next week, and we'll see you in July for one more thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a sign-off, but all I can think of, pose you later, but that's bad. Yeah, pose you later. I love it. Pose you later. Oh, and special thanks to David. Yes, David Zimmerman, RPA. Pose you later. Pose, pose, pose.